Welcome to today's teaching service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Temagana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to follow in the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus. Prepare yourselves, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. I encourage you, therefore, to join us every Tuesday at our teaching services at 7 p.m. prompt. You will be truly blessed. God bless you as you join us in the service. Amen. Let's all be seated. This meeting, we want to talk about what Paul calls genuine faith. Genuine faith. The title is Genuine Faith. And our scripture is from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1. 2 Timothy, chapter 1. Verses 1, verses 3 to 5. 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 5, and we may add verse 6. But 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3, 4, and 5. Genuine faith. 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 5. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. This, Paul writing to Timothy. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may, filled, that I may be filled with joy. Sorry, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith, some verses, some versions called sincere faith. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you. You may have verse 6 and say, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Through the laying on of my hands. Genuine faith. Church, how we all say faith? Beloved, we have heard so many teachings on faith. We have read so many books on faith. And all these point to the fact that faith is of utmost importance to us as Christians. In fact, the importance of faith is stated in many places in the Bible, but especially in the book of Hebrews, 
chapter 11, verse 6. The importance of faith we see throughout the Bible. When we go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. That is, to please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Every believer, or indeed even some unbelievers, believe that they know God and God knows them. Every time we come together, when we assemble together, I would say when we, when we assemble together, we come to God. We don't just come to each other. It's not a social gathering. It is nothing else but you and me coming to God, presenting ourselves before him, listening to his word, praising him, worshiping him, crying out to him in prayer, and expecting that God, in return, will receive us into his presence and bless us according to our needs. And ultimately, the eternal blessing of everlasting life. But the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. So even though we are many who may come to God, come before him, maybe not all of us have faith. And the Bible says the Lord knows those who are his. God knows those who are his. So that even though we may all come together as a church or in a church wherever, it may very well be that it is not everyone that God accepts into his presence or God receives because these do not have faith. Therefore, they don't please God. That goes to show the importance of faith to God and therefore how important the subject of faith or having faith must be to us as Christians. What is this faith therefore which is so important? We have, we have read this several times. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Definition of faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance. Some Bible says, some Bible say the realization or the confidence of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Not seen. And this is an accurate de definition of genuine faith, of what faith is about. Now, faith is, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. When you're hoping for something, 
that thing belongs to the realm of the future. It is in the future. It is not here with you. We haven't gotten it yet. That's what we call hope. So even though what you are hoping for belongs to the future, substance is something that you can handle. Substance is matter. Substance is solid. Substance is realization. Sometimes it's real. Something that you have the confidence that this is it. Though it belongs to the future, it is as though you have it now. Because yet, with God, with God, there's nothing like time. In as much as there's no calendar, there's no evening and there's no morning in heaven. But when God made the heavens, when He made the earth, Bible said it was evening and morning, first day. Evening and morning, second day. So, days are numbered by days and evenings. And in as much, as long as there's no night in heaven, it's all day, it means that there's no calendar. There's no time there. So, the substance that you are hoping for to us, to you, even though it belongs to the future, with God, it is present with him. It is one continuous present. It is present with God. So when God has got that thing in his hand, in his possession, and you don't believe that God has it, you don't see God having it, you cannot please God. Then you are making God a liar. Then you are believing something that God believes, but you don't believe it. And that's why you cannot please God if you don't have faith. Now, evidence is something that is seen. The word evidence comes from the Latin word video, which is video, to see with your eyes. From that we get evidence, video, which is video, that's the Latin word video, video, and to see. Now, the evidence, you are seeing some things that are not seen. Seeing things that are not seen. Though it is not seen, you are seeing it. Because God is looking at it. God is seeing it. Therefore, if you also will see it, then you please God. May we all please God. May you in particular please God from today on. In the name of Jesus. And that's why Bible says it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please, to please God. May you please God today again. In the name of Jesus. So false, in as much, as long as there is genuine faith, according to our text, Timothy had genuine faith. It means that the B side or the flip side is insincere faith. Faith that is not genuine. Now, Faith that is not genuine, therefore, may be defined as the substance of things here and now. You want to see it here and now before you believe. The substance of things here and now. I want to see it here and now. The evidence of what you are seeing, you want to see before you, you know that you are looking at it. That is insincere or false faith. And how, how can we as Christians, believers, 
how do we get this faith? How do you come across this faith? And how do you receive it? How do you acquire this faith? Because it's important. It is of utmost importance that you and I must acquire. And not just acquire, but keep and grow in this faith. First to get it, acquire it. Another thing, keeping it, because there are many who lose their faith. And not just keep the faith that you receive from the beginning, but also that your faith may grow, maybe from a level of no faith to little faith, great faith, and finally to full faith. These are all levels of faith. No faith at all, little faith, great faith, and complete full faith. So how do we get this faith? Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, verses 16 to 18. The acquisition or the getting of this faith. It's important that you and I know how to get this faith. Because without it, you cannot please God. Romans chapter 10, verses 16 to 18. The Bible says here that but they have not all obeyed the gospel. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, they have heard. Their sound has gone out to all the earth. And their words to the end of the world. Hmm. So then, faith, this faith that we're talking about, comes only by hearing the word, the message of the gospel. Hearing the word of God. That's the only way you get this faith. Hearing here means hearing. It means that hearing understanding, believing, and then keeping and growing. Because there are many who hear the message, the word of God. Yeah, they hear, they have the hearing all right. They hear the word of God all right. But there are many who reject it. They, they reject it. They refuse to believe. They refuse to accept it. So, Isaiah says, Lord, who has heard, who has heard, Lord, who has obeyed our report? Lord, who has heard, who has obeyed our report? Now then, faith comes hearing the word of God. Faith comes hearing the word of God. They have all heard because you know, the, the word has gone out to all the to everywhere in the world. Their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to, to the ends of the world. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For as I said, Lord, who has believed our report? The word has come, they have heard, but not all have been, not all have obeyed. There are some who reject it, and in this entire they reject it totally. You don't want to have anything at all to do with it. You, don't, you have not believed. There are some who hear, 
They believe, but they do not obey it. For some reason, they refuse or they are not able to obey it. Hmm. Isaiah 53 verse 1. That's what's quoted. Let's go to Isaiah 53 verse 1. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Look at this carefully. Isaiah 53 verse 1 says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The two go hand in hand. The arm of the Lord is the power of God. The arm of the Lord refers to the power of God. Isaiah is saying here, prophesying here, that as many as who believe their report, their message, the word of God, the power of God shall be revealed to them. The power of God shall, to a large extent, be made available to them. So, therefore, faith, faith goes with pleasing God. And therefore, God also revealing his power in your life. The, those who have no faith should not expect to get anything from God. There are many Christians who believe by deceiving themselves that they have faith when they don't actually have faith at all. They don't have faith at all. If without faith, you cannot please God, it means that without faith, the arm of the Lord, the power of God, cannot be available to you, cannot be revealed to you. And that's why it is important that believers all over the world, as many as claim to be Christians, must understand the subject of faith, the importance of faith, the growth of faith, and how to make use of faith, that the arm of the Lord shall be revealed to them. Just say amen with me. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Many who hear the word of God reject it. And these do not come to God at all. They don't come to God at all. The Bible says that faith, if you have faith, you know that when you come to God, as you have come now, God is, God is here with us. God exists. God is. God is here with us right now. Those who reject the word of God don't come to God. They may even go to church for a wedding or for namings, whatever, for some social reason, but they have not come to God. Because coming before God is not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Therefore, Paul said, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. When it comes, bold, when it comes to God in the house, the house of God. Don't see any, any throne here. Don't see any, any stool here. Any, any throne here. Any chair here. But we have come boldly before the throne of grace. Praise the Lord. So by faith, you know I have come to God. And that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that by faith, 
you need a certain reward. You need something from God. If you have faith, then you'll be very careful to seek him diligently. Diligently. Not to seek him the way that you feel like doing. Not to seek him superficially. Not to seek him casually. But he rewards those who diligently seek him. The situation is contrary, but you still persevere. Everything is working against your seeking God, but you still strive on. You still continue. With nothing to go on with, but you still move on. That's what we call seeking God diligently. It is not when it is, you find it comfortable or convenient. It is not when you have nothing to do that you ask yourself, oh, right now I have a lot of time. What must I do? Oh, I know what, what I will do. I will now go to church. I will now pray. I will now seek God. No. It is by putting God first. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Situations are contrary. Situations are against you. But you still persevere. You endure. That's seeking God diligently. Now you don't forget the word. You hear the word of God. You don't forget. You keep it in your heart. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you hear and you forget, how can you obey what you have forgotten? How can you live by what you have forgotten? So it's not a matter of hearing. Then the moment you live here, you've forgotten it. But you keep it. You remember it. Keep it in mind, and you are careful to live by that word. That is all what we mean by faith. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. There are also those who hear, they hear the same word. Faith comes by hearing. They also hear the same word, but they pretend, they pretend to have believed. They pretend that having heard the word, now they have faith. What they don't have is all pretense. It is false faith. Hallelujah. Their faith is not genuine. Their faith is not genuine. They hear the word and they pretend because, well, uh, as a member of the church... Well, they know members expect them to be in church on Sunday. Pastor said, Friday we should all be here. So, well, let me go. So that I will not be, I will not be stigmatized as uh, backsliding or an unbeliever. Let me just go. But they come just for appearance sake. They come so that the brethren will see that they too have come. The pastor will say, oh, they were there. But their faith is not genuine. Their faith is superficial. Their faith is partial. Faith is not genuine. And Jesus has something to say about such a thing. In Matthew 7, verse 21. Matthew 7, verse 21. Jesus concerning this kind of faith. Matthew 7, verse 21. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Church, look at it carefully. 
This is Jesus. God himself speaking. Master says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So it is not by appearance, it is not by pretense, but actually by faith, living by that faith, living by faith, living your life according to gen faith. And if you are genuine faith, what the Father in heaven wants you to do. So the, the, the guiding principle, the guiding principle for doing whatever you are, now and then ask yourself, is this what my Father in heaven wants me to do? My Father in heaven wants me to be. Like today, Friday, we have a teaching service. So whatever you are, begin to ask yourself, is this where my Father wants me to be? Because God would like you to be here to hear this word. And if you are not here, that means that maybe you are, your faith is false, fake. It's all pretense. My father, your father in heaven, would like you to do some things, specific things, at any given time. At any given time, there's something specific that your father in heaven would like you to do. And then when you have done that, you can say, Lord, Lord. And the Lord will answer you. May the Lord answer you all tonight. May God answer you all tonight in the name of Jesus. Let's clap our hands together for Jesus. And there are some whose faith, they have some of their faith is partial. Not genuine. It's not complete. It's only, not even a letter. It follows the letter that Jesus talked about. And your faith is partial if you don't have all the four parts of faith. I've said over and over again that there are four important parts of faith that come together to make genuine faith. Four parts. Saving faith. Faith in Jesus that saves. But as many as believed in him, received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. As many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. This saving faith, belief in Jesus, receiving as your Lord and Savior. But, but that is not the end of the story. Having received him, now the beginning of the journey. You now have the right, you now have the authority as a child of God. Without this, you are, even, you are a non-starter. Without believing in Jesus, you are not even, you are not going, without believing anywhere, you are going nowhere. You, you have not even started. You cannot have the other paths of faith if you don't have saving faith. Therefore, may we all have saving faith. And may everyone hearing the sound of my voice tonight in faith. In the name of Jesus. Saving faith. That's the beginning of the story. And then we have faith for daily decisions. You see, having a certain faith, now you must have faith to govern, to control every decision or at least every important decision that you make in a day. Every day. Every decision you make must be based on faith, as if you have faith. That's what keeps you away from sin. That's what makes you do what pleases God. 
Don't forget, Bible says, for it is God working in you. God wants to work in you. Not only to will, but also to do. Want to do it, but they cannot do it. And there are some who can do it, but they don't have the will to do it. There are some who can do it, but they don't have the will to do it. For some reason, they don't have the will to do it. But if they had the will, they would do it. And there are also some who have the will. They want to do it, but they don't have the power to. But God, when he's working in you, he gives you the power both to will and to do the thing that pleases him. And then, God will find you pleasing. You'll find your life a pleasing aroma, sweet aroma, in the name of Jesus. Say amen. amen. Clap your hand for Jesus. Three, you must have faith to endure. You see, if you don't have faith for daily decisions, you... You keep on making decisions, keep making spiritual mistakes. You keep on making mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. Then after a while, your conscience begins to accuse you. And that's your conscience is Satan will accuse you. You know, you haven't been to church for four weeks now. <laughs> you know, imagine how you feel if you hear a voice in your, in your, in your mind. You know, you haven't been to, you haven't been to church for two or three weeks now, shame on you. You say you are a Christian, believer, you have faith. Four weeks now, you have not heard the word of God. Going hell, task, going everywhere, everywhere. But, the house of God, four weeks now, you have not said shame on you. Shame. Oh, you have failed. Forget it. Forget it. Just stay away. Forget it. You cannot make it. It may sound like a conscience, but that's the devil talking to you. Forget any year. Join those who are Friday night, they're under sports drinking. Join them. Enjoy yourself. You can't make it. After you can't make it. Four weeks, two weeks, three weeks. Last week, you miss it. And you are going to miss it again. Forget it. You can't make it. So, the decisions you make every day, if they are not based on faith, they can make you backslide. The devil can take advantage. Accuse you, the accuser of the brethren. Don't forget about the, the Bible said the devil is the accuser of the brethren. When we say we are fasting and you hide and eat, hey, shame on you, you have eaten. You have spoiled the whole revival for yourself. The revival no one can be. You are no longer, you are not among the revival. Forget it. I've told you over, why are you worrying yourself? You are worrying yourself for nothing. Accuser of the brethren. Then you find yourself. Saying to the devil, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, oh, yes, sir, I concord. Then that is it. We need faith for everyday decisions. So the accuser, brethren, cannot, cannot accuse you. Now, faith for endurance. Of course, if you don't have faith for endurance, you cannot run. You cannot finish the race. You cannot finish the race. And now, you yourself, you know, many are those who began with us. Many of us, many are those who begin running, even faster than you. Running. But before long, they run out of gas. They don't have, they don't have the faith to endure. When things get hard, when, they are, when they, they are out of a job, and the situation is hard, they can no longer endure, not to mention persevere. When they face 
afflictions, tribulations, problems, they cannot endure. When they face attacks from their family, from the hometown, from somebody, oh, they give in. They give up. They cannot endure. You must have the faith to endure. Yeah, they believe all right. They believe in Jesus, but they couldn't endure. They couldn't endure. I was happy when you said that, oh, even when it's raining, cats and dogs, when it's pouring with rain, you still want to come to church. That, oh, that is proper endurance. That is genuine faith. Amen. Amen. May it rain this Sunday so we see those who will come. <laughs> Hello? May it rain at 9 o'clock this Sunday morning. So we might direct and see those who, who really meant what we were we saying. Praise the Lord. Endurance. And then of course, you must have the faith for miracles. And here, I've, I've you know, labored, labored in prayer, the Lord. Because I know that many of us, almost all of us need miracles. We need miracles of marriage, miracles of pregnancy, of children, financial miracles, healings in our bodies. We need that job. We need that. We need miracles every day. When God does one miracle, another one, another need pops up. And if these miracles don't happen, Despite our prayers, your coming, if the miracles don't happen because we don't have the faith for that miracle, because you don't have the faith for that miracle, after a while, you will give in. You will give up. You thought God will heal you. Five years on, and the condition in your body is getting worse. We are believing God for marriage. Look at time is passing you by. Marriage has not happened. You may just, you know, just give up and just go and do, just go and have children somewhere. I mean, no, I mean, who cares? People are doing it all the time. So, we were alone. What difference we have? When you are when you are among, it will not be full. When you take yourself out, it will not be. You know, your absence will not even be felt. So, the absence of miracles in your life, prolonged absence can can influence your faith and therefore your salvation. You begin to lose faith. You begin to lose faith. May God supply your every need. May God work out your every miracle for you according to his power and riches in Jesus' name. I always pray. I always remember you in my prayer day and night. The Lord, please, Work out the miracles for them. Because we are all human, frail in our mortal bodies. The Lord, we may not grow weak, give up and give in. I know that, Lord, you have the power to do it. For with you, nothing shall be impossible. All things are possible. Lord, do this for my daughter, do this for my son, so that his or her faith may be in the power of God and never in the wisdom of men. May God work out your miracles for you. But in the meantime, while, while, the, while the miracle is pending, have faith. Have faith. Wait for the miracle. 
Have faith to wait for the miracle. Leaving God because of the delay in the, in the coming of the miracle is definitely not the answer. Not the answer. Because when you leave God, where would you go? Where would you go? The devil will be waiting for you. And I've told, I've told many times before that there's one thing I've realized many years in my ministry. There's one thing I came to realize. Just think of it. Think of this. You see, in this world, there are only two groups of people. Of all the billions of people you see in the world, two groups. Those who belong to God and those who don't. I've said the Lord knows those who are his. Those who belong to God and those who don't. Now, and these are contrary. God and the devil, because if you don't belong to God, then you belong to the devil. If you don't belong to God, you belong, you belong to somebody. Everybody belongs to somebody. <laughs> you may think that you are your own, you are, you are deceiving yourself. Everybody belongs to somebody. So if you don't belong to God, then you belong to the devil. That is a fact. That's what the Bible says. Then you are an unbeliever, you belong to the devil. Now, the devil is the God of this world. He's a prince of the air. He's the God of this world. He controls the world system. The earth belongs to God. And the fullness, everything belongs to God. God has the power to take of the earth and give to his children. And may God give to you tonight. In the name of Jesus. God who made everything has the power. He owns it. He can take it at any time and give to you. And may God take it today and give to you today. But the devil is the prince of the earth. He controls the world system. So you see, when you belong to God, immediately you become an enemy of Satan. You become an enemy of the world. And if you make yourself a friend of the world, you become an enemy of God. The Bible said that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. So, if you leave God and you go to Satan's side, then you become an enemy of God. And vice versa. If we're a child of God, as you all know, we become an enemy of Satan. Now, God does not. God being God, being merciful, gracious, compassionate, loving, does not attack. He does not harass. He does not harass or attack or kill those who belong to Satan. No. His plan is that one day they will come to their senses, their eyes will open, then they will cross over and come to his side. So, hearing me tonight, wherever you are, may you cross over to God's side if you are not. God doesn't attack anybody. Doesn't harass anybody. But you see, when you are a Christian, the devil attacks you. The devil will harass you. The devil will constantly oppress you with the aim that you will give up and then you go to his side. Now, what happens is that, therefore, as a Christian, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the, of the, uh, 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 of, uh, of the Christian. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. When you are a Christian, the devil will not rest until, you know, he has finished, I don't know, so, attack after attack. Oppression after oppression. 
All kinds of things seem to be going wrong. But God will deliver you from them all. And may God deliver you from them all. So, as a Christian, before you believed, before you believed, you are okay. When you're on Satan's side, God wasn't attacking you. And Satan is not attacking you. So, you are okay. You are fine as an unbeliever. He just said that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So, if you're on Satan's side, why should he attack you? That means you're attacking his own kingdom. So, he will not attack you. He will not attack you. Therefore, when you are not a Christian, you feel like, oh, when I was not a Christian, I was fine. I was making money. I was in prostitution. I was doing this. I was fine. But when I became a Christian, now look at what is happening to me. Uh, I've lost my job. Today, this. Tomorrow, that. Then, you know, what is going on? So many are those who have given in and given up. They give in and they give up. And then when they go to the world, then they are fine. <laughs> They are fine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, we know, we have heard that even in some families, there's a curse that you should not marry. But you can have children. You are allowed to have children as many as you want. Hey, a B Y. There's this man about 35 children. He didn't even remember their names. So whenever I want to call, is, that her? Is, is any of you there? If you wanted to call any of his children, any of you there? Then when you can say, whose mother, whose son, who's your mother? That's how you identify them, not by name. You can have as many children as you want. So you can say, even in the, as a child of God, the marriage is delaying. Pregnancy is delaying. But you leave, go to the world, tomorrow you marry. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Tomorrow you marry, the next day you give birth. Then the very next day you give birth. Now you begin to wonder, ah, what, what, what the point? I was a Christian and this was a, now I left the house of God. I came to the world and now look, I'm married and I have children. Nothing seems to be, and I'm okay now. It's a lie of the devil. Your kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? Jesus said it. And that's why many of us, we are going through afflictions. My daughter Kate, that's why the devil is always attacking you. Because he knows that you have salvation. <laughs> and he doesn't want you. You going to heaven? <laughs> no, 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 no. You will not accept that. So church, understand. Sometimes understand by faith. The reasoning behind some of the things that we go through. I know many who have, because of this, left. They've left the church. They've gone to the world. And they seem to be fine. They seem to be delivered without prayers. <laughs> They are delivered. And therefore, they say they don't want to come to the house of God again. But, they've lost something that is most precious. They've lost their faith. And having lost their faith, they are no longer children of God. And therefore, they are now in the kingdom of Satan and his power of darkness. And destined for hell. And you and I don't want to be in hell. Not even for one second, I tell you, my brother and my, my sister. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Clap your hand for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Timothy was a young man. Paul describes him as having genuine faith. Paul describes him in 2 Timothy 1. Maybe we can go back there. 
Second Timothy chapter one, verse three onwards. I thank God, whom I serve with a, my, with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, we dwell first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you. Verse 6 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Timothy was a young man, young man, who genuinely believed Therefore, his faith was genuine. He heard Paul preach and he believed. This is the normal, normal progress of events. Hearing the word, and the word brings faith. Therefore, you believe. He heard the word and believed. The God preached by Paul. That's the beginning. But you see, what showed, what proved that Timothy had genuine faith? How, could, how would Paul know that Timothy's belief, faith, was genuine? Not long after that, not long after Timothy, as a young man, a very young man, he was so zealous, so committed, so devoted, that he was inducted into the ministry. He was found qualified, worthy. Therefore, he was inducted as a pastor. He was inducted as a pastor into the ministry. First evidence. You can see proof of his ministry. And we see that 1 Timothy 4, 12 to 16. 1 Timothy 4, 12 to 16. During the induction, there was an induction ceremony when Timothy, young man, being inducted into the ministry. 1 Timothy 4, 12 to 16. He said, Paul said, talking to Timothy, he said, let no one despise your youth. Let no one despise or look down on your youth. But be an example to the believers in the word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you, those who hear you. So, Timothy was a pastor. Those who hear you. And this word, we must all have. Not just Timothy, but we all must have these words. We must all look at these things and let these things be operational in our lives. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. That your progress, you need to have progress, may be seen, evident to all. Watch out. Take heed to yourself. Be very careful. And to what you hear, the doctrine, good doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself. That's how you save yourself. 
and those who hear you. Save yourself and those who hear you. Church, may you save yourself and those who know you. Not when our name, Paul, Timothy then became Paul's traveling companion. Hmm. Genuine faith. He became Paul's traveling companion. You see, he was won over during Paul's first missionary journey. Then, in Paul's second and third missionary journeys, this same Timothy became Paul's companion. I mean, Paul was traveling with Barnabas and Luke and other people, but look at this young man, a youth, joining them. He was the youngest pastor. He became a pastor of the church in Ephesus. He became Paul's traveling companion, not only the second, but also the third missionary journey. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, four years later, the time between 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy is four years. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, it's not one week, it's not the next day, it's four years. Now, Paul, again, is writing to the same Timothy. And Paul remembered how Timothy cried. Timothy cried with tears when Paul was arrested and imprisoned. He cried. And that, that, that crying was not crocodile tears. It was Timothy tears. Praise the Lord. I don't know how many of you will cry if I'm arrested and imprisoned. Because I saw no other saw Casado talks too much. <laughs> uh, we'll go out, let him go, another pastor will come. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Praise the Lord. He uh, said that uh, uh, three levels of pastors, how members see them. First, oh, uh, a pastor. A pastor. The next time goes on, he said, oh, the pastor. The heir becomes the pastor. And then finally, if the pastor is lucky enough, then they start calling you my pastor. <laughs> Many pastors don't get there to my level. A pastor, a pastor, a pastor. The pastor. Praise the Lord. Timothy cried. And Paul remembered this. Four years ago, he remembered it. And these were genuine tears. <laughs> Arrested, imprisoned. <laughs> to Paul, all these were time-tested evidence of genuine faith. Because he, it is time. It is time that tests faith. Time. I cannot look at anyone and say, oh, you have genuine faith or not. I can't. I'm not God. But God knows. But time will prove it. Time will prove it. There are some, like I said, who they hit the ground running. But very soon, they begin to reverse. They are still running, but running in the opposite direction. Faith is tested by time. Faith is a time-tested thing. Therefore, as time goes on, having been a child of God for so many years, how great is your faith now compared to the beginning? Is your faith gone down? Commitment gone down? Your love for God going down? Grown, grown cold? Faith is a time-tested phenomenon. Time-tested thing. Time tests, examines, and proves faith. 
cannot say you have faith and I have faith. And then, ten years, same, or even gone back without knowing that you are even going back. Hmm. Yet, another proof of Timothy's genuine faith was that he received special gifts. Because of that, because of his faith, and so God gave him special gifts. When hands were laid on him with prophecy, there was prophecy, hands were laid on him, and he received special gifts. Now, genuine faith, what was the basis of Timothy's genuine faith? How did he get the genuine faith? Because he, though we all hear the word, the same word, a lot of times there's something, something in your life, something about your life that will make you, make you accept the word and get this faith. Something about you. One thing I know is the family. Parents. It can be money if you are a rich person, very powerful person. You hear that, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cadre for this. Uh, with all my, my national importance, how can I be dancing or clapping in the church? I know somebody who joined our church and the person happened to be very rich, very, very rich. And he seemed to be very fine. He came a few weeks and uh, he don't know that he had to pay tight. Then he said, ah, looking at my, the money I earn, how much I earn, if I pay tight, then the whole church will know that this is what I earn. Let's say if he earned 200,000 cities a month, he had to pay 20,000. The whole church will know he earned 200,000. No, 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 no. Because, I, because I, he left the church. Because of the tithe that he had to pay because of its wealth. This Sunday I was talking, talking to about wealth. He left the church. And I never come back. One thing that is also important is the family. In the case of Timothy, you see, Paul remembered <laughs> that Timothy's grandfather, sorry, grandmother, Timothy's grandmother, called Lois, had genuine faith. So it all began from Timothy's grandmother, who had genuine faith. And who passed on, communicated this genuine faith to Timothy's mother called Eunice. So imagine, you see, so the family of faith train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, you know, depart from it. It's true. Train up, as the child is growing up, train him, train her in the way he should go. There's a way that he or she must go. And then when he's old, you know, depart from it. Lois, grandmother, genuine faith. May your faith be communicated to your grandchildren. Then, mother follows suit. Interestingly, Timothy's father, who was a Greek, was not even a believer. Was not even a believer. Timothy's father is not mentioned. He was a Greek, not a believer. The Bible is only interested in those who have faith. And faith is so powerful. When one parent has faith, doesn't matter whether the other one also has or not. That one parent can communicate that faith to the children and leave the other parent out. 
if he or she so desires, leave him out. And God will leave a person out. And God will concentrate on the parent who has faith. Maybe you are a single parent. You don't have a wife, you don't have a mother. You don't have a, a wife. You don't have a, a, a husband. Or you have children. Or maybe you, you, you live as a family, husband, wife, children. But one spouse is not a Christian. But it is God is expecting you as a Christian, the only Christian, to communicate, to pass on genuine faith to their children. As it happened here in the case of Timothy. Church, may God help us. May God help us. So in conclusion, do not hide your light at home. Don't hide your light at home. Families, families are a good soil for planting gospel seeds. And I've always said that, look, your salvation is not just for you alone. You're being saved, not because of you alone, but God wants to save your children, the generation that will come from. God, want, God wants to save them all. That's why God has saved you. So that your children, 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 children will also be saved. You are not the only one. God is looking at your children. Don't fail them. Don't fail them. Don't let them down. Families are a good soil, fertile soil, for planting gospel seeds. Let your children, let your parents, your spouse, brothers and sisters know of your faith in Jesus. Let them know where you stand. Try to win them over. Don't hide your light. Try to win them over. I know that my wife for 35 years has been trying to win over her brother who is an atheist. doesn't believe there's God. God doesn't exist. And after 35 years, now the brother got fed up and wrote a letter, blasted her. <laughs> and said that for 35 years now, Mary had been tormenting him. Tormenting him. When he's con she's concerned about saving, he said she had been tormenting him. And then she said, I don't want to be saved. Take your salvation. I don't want it. For 35 years, Mary, my wife, had been trying to save her brother. In the end, this is the thanks that she got. Brothers and sisters, let them know of your faith in Jesus Christ. Be sure, but as you are doing this, be sure they see God's love in you. Let them see God's love in you. This is what we call genuine faith. You cannot be Without God's love, you cannot be a wicked person, unrighteous person, and yet you are trying to win somebody to yourself. The, one way, the person is even better than you. He may even consider himself better than you. You are trying to win him over, win her over. It, it will not work. But they will look at your righteousness, look at your love, and you don't even have to preach or say anything. They just follow you. They just follow you. One, one simple thing, and they, that is it. That is it. This is what we call genuine faith. May we all have genuine faith. Therefore, church, since you cannot look at somebody's faith and say whether you have genuine faith or not, since you cannot measure faith by looking at somebody's outward appearance, let you concentrate on your own genuine faith. Encourage others. But let not anybody's behavior 
as a Christian, influence your faith. Let not anybody's attitude towards God, in the house of God, affect your faith. You concentrate on your faith. Be concerned about other people's faith. But when somebody is going down in faith, encourage the person. Edify the person. Build the person up. But don't let the person drag you down. Don't ever let that person drag you down. And may God help us all. In the name of Jesus. Let's be on our feet. Genuine faith. Give the Lord a much better clap offering. Saving faith. Faith in Jesus that saves. We are praying that everyone in FCAC, everyone who follows us all over the world, everyone who claims or wants to be a child of God may have saving faith. That is the beginning of it all. That is the beginning of the journey. So we are praying now that everyone in FCAC will have faith that saves. Faith in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Obedience, Jesus. And his commandments. We have saving faith. Open your mouth. Begin to pray for saving faith. In the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we pray. Lord, we cry out to you. We all have Believe in Jesus. Receive in Jesus. Parliamentarians, what are you looking at me? Say, hey, government, yes, government. Praise the Lord. 
But the government down to the office where you work. Anyone that has authority over you that can tell you something you cannot disobey, that the Lord will save that person. Through you and your prayers, God will save that person. Whatever you are, open your mouth, begin to pray. Just for two minutes. As a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and to move, and nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Compare a mustard seed and a mountain to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Again, he said in the book of Luke, Luke 17, verse 5 and 6, Luke 17, 5 and 6, he says, <laughs> um, and the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The apostle said to him, Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, we pulled up at the roots. We planted in the sea. And it would obey you. I believe we all have faith bigger than a mustard seed. We are therefore going to pray by faith. Faith. Miracles. Miracles. Endurance. That our faith will determine our everyday decisions. You're going to pray. Because see, when we talk of faith for miracles, it is the faith that will bring in the miracle. Jesus said, go your way, your faith has made you well. Your faith has healed you. It is the faith that brings the miracles. 
faith that brings the miracles. It is not the miracle that should bring faith. The faith is what brings the miracles. So as we pray for miracles, knowing that now we have faith, now know that we all have faith. Everyone having heard me today has got the faith now. So now that faith is now going to bring in the miracle. And therefore, you and I are going to pray for those miracles. Are you with me? Oh, do you understand me? So you're not going to ask by faith for the miracles. If endurance is your problem, you need a miracle of endurance. Praise the Lord. If perseverance is your problem, you need a miracle of perseverance. Open and begin to pray for that miracle. Pray for someone else is also miracle. Not just your own, but somebody else is miracle. Father God, in the name of Jesus, therefore, by faith, Lord, I pray for the miracles of all your children here in your house, in all our branches, all who follow us here in the city and are faithful in you. That your faith may be in the power of God and not in the wisdom of men. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
family members and my name was mentioned that they should invite me to come for my share and one plot they were giving them out to our free our family our family land that giving out and one plot selling for hundred and twenty thousand dollars one plot that immediately make me a rich man <laughs> one plot and I could have taken two or three plots. One plot, $120,000. And I was invited to come my share. And being who I am, I could have asked for two, three, four, four, a big plot of land. And they were giving it to me. One plot, $120,000. But I declined. I decided, I took that decision by faith that I didn't want it. Because I knew what was involved. Not just the land, but other things involved. So I declined. So when you say, by faith, I didn't just look at the money. That would have made me a rich man immediately. Even if I got two plus, $240,000. Rich man. But by faith, I declined the offer. How many in the house of God, knowing that that land, that land that they are offering you, that car, that business, that they are being given to you, it's not, it's not pleasing to God. How many of you, look, would just ignore the money and by faith say, I don't want it. I, I will not take it. In other words, you are choosing poverty, you know, and rejecting riches, wealth. Faith for day-to-day decisions. So, we are praying again. The Lord will grant us all healings. We need healings. Because right now, hospital fees, medications are very expensive. You buy paracetamol and you are shocked. Paracetamol, you are shocked. The Lord will heal us. There shall be no sicknesses or diseases in our midst, in all our branches. We shall all remain well. That we shall live long. Church, are you with me? So we are praying for healings and long life. Hope your mouth begin to pray. 
Father, we pray for
Thank you for participating in this teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5 of PV or being run about. God bless you and we hope to see you next Tuesday.